Section 67 of the Kerner Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eric Evans, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Report of the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders. Kerner Commission Report. Other Supplements. Attorney General Letter. Constitution. Timeline. Exhibit A. Letter from the Attorney General to the Governors. Dear Governor, at the President's request, I am writing you regarding the legal requirements for the use of federal troops in case of severe domestic violence within your state. The requirements are simple. They arise from the Constitution. So the principles will be clearly in mind, I will briefly outline here the basic considerations of federal law applicable to such a situation. The underlying constitutional authority is the duty of the United States under Article 4, Section 4, to protect each of the states on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. This pledge is implemented by Chapter 15 of Title 10 U.S.C., and particularly 10 U.S.C. 331 which derives from an act of Congress passed in 1792. The history of the use of federal forces at the request of governors in varied circumstances of local violence over more than a century is also instructive. There are three basic prerequisites to the use of federal troops in a state in the event of domestic violence. 1. That a situation of serious domestic violence exists within the state. While this conclusion should be supported with a statement of factual details to the extent feasible under the circumstances, there is no prescribed wording. 2. That such violence cannot be brought under control by the law enforcement resources available to the governor, including local and state police forces and the National Guard. The judgment required here is that there is a definite need for the assistance of federal troops, taking into account the remaining time needed to move them into action at the scene of violence. 3. That the legislature or the governor requests the president to employ the armed forces to bring the violence under control. The element of request by the governor of a state is essential if the legislature cannot be convened. It may be difficult in the context of urban rioting, such as we have seen this summer, to convene the legislature. These three elements should be expressed in a written communication to the President, which of course may be a telegram, to support his issuance of a proclamation under 10 U.S.C. 334 and commitment of troops to action. In case of extreme emergency, receipt of a written request will not be a prerequisite to presidential action. However, since it takes several hours to alert and move federal troops, the few minutes needed to write and dispatch a telegram are not likely to cause any delay. Upon receiving the request from a governor, the president, under the terms of the statute and the historic practice, must exercise his own judgment as to whether federal troops will be sent, and as to such questions as timing, size of the force, and federalization of the National Guard. Preliminary steps, such as alerting the troops, can be taken by the federal government upon oral communications and prior to the governor's determination that the violence cannot be brought under control without the aid of federal forces. Even such preliminary steps, however, represent a most serious departure from our traditions of local responsibility for law enforcement. 
they should not be requested until there is a substantial likelihood that the federal forces will be needed. While the formal request must be addressed to the President, all preliminary communications should be with me. When advised by you that serious domestic violence is occurring, I will inform the President and alert the proper military authorities. You can reach me at my office, my home, or through the White House switchboard at any hour. Enclosed are copies of the relevant constitutional and statutory provisions and a brief summary of past occasions on which a governor has requested federal military assistance. Your legal counsel, I am sure, keeps you fully advised of requirements of state law as well. If you have any questions or comments, please let me know. Sincerely, Attorney General. The Constitution. Article 4, Section 4. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government, and shall protect each of them against invasion, and on application of the legislature, or of the executive, when the legislature cannot be convened, against domestic violence. Title 10, United States Code, Chapter 15. Section 331, Federal Aid for State Governments. Whenever there is an insurrection in any state against its government, the President may, upon the request of its legislature or of its governor if the legislature cannot be convened, call into federal service such of the militia of the other states, in the number requested by that state, and use such of the armed forces as he considers necessary to suppress the insurrection. Section 334. Proclamation to Disperse. Whenever the President considers it necessary to use the militia or the armed forces under this chapter, he shall, by proclamation, immediately order the insurgents to disperse and retire peaceably to their abodes within a limited time. State Requests for Federal Assistance in Suppressing Domestic Violence A Chronological List 1838 Buckshot War The Pennsylvania Governor asked for federal assistance based on Constitutional Article 4, Section 4, and restoring order when violence resulted from a bitter political contest. President Van Buren refused on the ground that federal interference is justified only where domestic violence is such that state authorities have proved inadequate. 1842, Door Rebellion. Rhode Island Governor King asked for assistance to stop the attempt of Door to claim the governorship. President Tyler replied that the time for federal interference had not arrived since there was no actual insurrection. Further requests were denied on the ground that the legislature was in session and the governor, therefore, was not authorized to apply for aid. The president said he would issue a proclamation if a lawful request was made, but Dorr dispersed his troops and this was not done. 1856, San Francisco Vigilance Committee California governor requested federal aid in stopping the committee from usurping the authority of the state. The Attorney General advised President Pierce that the circumstances did not afford sufficient legal justification for federal assistance since there was no actual shock of arms between insurgents and the state, and the state had not exhausted its powers to deal with the situation. 8. Opinion of the Attorney General, page 8. The President took no action. 1873. New Orleans Unrest Lawlessness due to racial problems and also political uncertainty as to proper occupants of political office resulted in violence. Louisiana governor asked for federal help. 
President Grant issued a proclamation ordering the insurgents to disperse. Failure to heed the proclamation and increased disturbance resulted in a further proclamation and dispatch of two regiments. 1876, South Carolina Riots Riots resulted from an altercation between the Ku Klux Klan and Negro State Militia. The President issued a proclamation in response to a call for federal intervention and troops were stationed at 70 places in the state to secure the peace during the election. This action culminated in enactment of Posse Comitatus Act of 1878. 1877 Railroad Strike Riots Upon request for federal intervention, President Hayes issued proclamations with respect to West Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Illinois to restore order. The Ohio governor asked for and received federal arms, but did not request troops. Indiana asked the president to authorize the commandant at the U.S. arsenal to aid the state. On the ground that the request was incorrectly made, the governor was informed that federal troops would be used only to protect U.S. property. Michigan, Wisconsin, and California also made requests for help, but the situation in those states did not become critical. 1892, Idaho's Coeur Mining Disturbances During a seven-year period, Presidents Harrison, Cleveland, and McKinley furnished federal assistance, which was requested by Idaho governors. 1894, Coxey's Army of Unemployed President Cleveland instructed the Army to assist Montana in handling violence of a Coxeyite contingent in Montana at the governor's request. However, the President did not issue a formal proclamation. 1903, Colorado Mining Strike Disturbance President Theodore Roosevelt denied assistance to the Colorado governor, who made two requests for such aid as I may call for, but promised that the federal government would act when a request was made in a manner contemplated by law, explaining that under H.R. 5297, there must be shown an insurrection against the state and inability of the state to control it. 1907, Nevada Mining Disturbance in response to an urgent request from the governor, President Roosevelt ordered troops to assist. Later, a president's investigating committee found there was no warrant for the assertion that the civil authority of the state had collapsed. After the president threatened withdrawal of the troops, the governor convened the legislature, which asked that federal troops remain for a short period until the state police could be organized and equipped to handle the situation. 1914. Colorado Coal Strike at the request of the governor, President Wilson sent troops to stop rioting, but only after considerable negotiation and exploring of avenues of peaceful resolution by government representatives failed. 1919. Race Riots in Washington, D.C. and Omaha. Gary Steele Strike. On the theory that the service by the National Guard in the war left the states without adequate protection against internal disorders, the Secretary of War instructed commanders of the departments to respond to state requests for assistance. The use of federal troops in 1919 was without a proclamation or other formalities. 1921. West Virginia Coal Mine Warfare President Harding was requested by the governor to intervene. The president stated that he was not justified in using federal military forces until he was assured the state had exhausted all its resources. A subsequent outburst of violence resulted in a proclamation and order to dispatch federal troops. 
the troops met no resistance and disarmed the miners. 1932, the Bonus Army. Needy veterans who came to Washington to seek veterans' bonus legislation were housed in tents, shacks, and government buildings which were being demolished. The Treasury Department attempted to repossess a government building in order to continue demolition, resulting in a clash between the veterans and police. The district commissioners asked the president for assistance and the army moved in, cleared the buildings, and destroyed the shacks. No proclamation was issued. 1943, Detroit Race Riots The governor advised that the state was unable to suppress domestic violence. The president issued a proclamation and federal troops were dispatched. 1967, Detroit Riots the most recent incident, of course, was the dispatch of federal troops to Detroit on July 24, 1967, at the request of the governor. President Johnson issued a proclamation and executive order pursuant to Chapter 15 of Title 10, U.S. Code. End of Section 67